Aloha, I'm Ash. Aloha, I'm Matt. We are the Yoga Couple. Welcome to another episode of the Inner Work Podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because our special guest today is someone that I have been a personal fan of for quite some time now. I'm really into like figuring out archetype stuff. We got really into human design recently and figuring out our aura type and then getting into, you know, astrology and learning more about our sun, our rising sign, our moon. And one of the things that I've been studying more about is Ayurveda and our doshas. And what doshas are is they're really your unique energies that make up your personality, your body type, your physiology, your digestion, your metabolism. And by like learning your certain dosha, you can start to create a life strategy, which I also love, um, to optimize your life. And yeah, do you know what dosha you are, Matt? Oh, yes. <laughs> Which dosha I am are you? definitely a pitta. Yeah, pitta's like fiery. And f- jack ton of energy. Yeah, that is definitely bad. <laughs> And I've been finding I'm more like kapha than I than I ever knew I was, which is like more... I think you're an interesting blend of all of them. All three, yeah, maybe. Well, finding out that I had a lot of kapha in my dosha, like archetype has been interesting for me because I always I always thought of myself as a really airy person who has a lot of ideas, which and is like vata, which I do. But kapha is like kind of like I would describe it as more like 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 restful and just more lax and like sentimental, loving, like nurturing, like just more calm and grounded, I think. And I've been finding out since I found out I was a reflector in human design that I have a lot of kapha tendencies. So anyways, don't worry if you don't know what these terms are. We're going to learn all of them with our special guest, Sahara Rose. But it's really just about figuring out What works best for you when you do find out your dosha or your unique energy, you find out more about like what kind of foods work best for you, what kind of activities work best for you. And it's all about bringing yourself more into balance, Mm. which we all need. Right. And knowing when, you know, when is it the right time and when is it the right thing to do for you? You know, sometimes all of us have different excesses and different attachments. So like, say with, if I'm like, say Pitta, I actually need to calm down. And if Ash is super kapha, then maybe she needs to kind of get a little more excited, right. you know? And so it's kind of interesting to start to pay attention to these things. And Ayurveda is this really fascinating thing, you know, obviously being the yoga couple, we're really drawn to everything yogic and the science of self-realization. And Ayurveda is this science of life, you know, it's, it's this fascinating addition to paying attention to what type of foods you're eating and how that also is contributing to your enlightenment, ultimately. it's a part of the yogic system, essentially. Ayurveda is a section of Mm -hmm. yoga practice. Mm -hmm. Understanding Ayurveda, if you're going to study yoga, is kind of essential. And Sahara Rose is the host of the Highest Self podcast. She's been ranked the number one podcaster in spirituality category on iTunes. But more importantly, she wrote the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. So like she is like the Ayurveda expert. And she also wrote Eat, Feel Fresh, which is a book that we own and we Mm -hmm. use all the time. And we got it like, I want to say right when it came out, like last year around Christmas-ish, November. And we've been using it now for several months. And I take it with me every time I go grocery shopping. And this book, Eat, Feel Fresh, is a way to eat for your dosha. It's Mm. a way to balance 
your energy. And it's filled with so much other amazing Ayurvedic information too. Yeah, and Sahara Rose, which is so freaking cool, she's been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into a new paradigm shift. And who said that was Deepak Chopra. So Deepak Chopra's got her back. So we're really excited to have her come on and just explain more about how you guys can find out what your dosha is, how you can start to eat for your dosha, create a life strategy for your dosha, and even figure out your life purpose based on Mm. your dosha. Amazing. So without further ado, let's bring her on, Sahara Rose. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Sahara. We're so happy to have you on the Inner Work Podcast. Matt and I have your book. We have the Eat, Feel Fresh book, and we've been making so many recipes out of the book, and they are fantastic. Oh, that's so sweet of you guys. I'm so glad that it came to you in beautiful Hawaii and it's been benefiting your lives. Yeah, it's really awesome. We were, you know, trying to get on more of like a health kick and we found your book just through like searching and everything like that. And we've been going through all of the pages, getting all of the ingredients. Every time we go to the grocery store, I literally bring your book with me or I have been the past several months and just buying all the ingredients you have listed in the book. So I just have them on hand in our kitchen and that way it's so easy for me to just pull out your book and, and make all the recipes from it. I really enjoy making the bowls. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, the six taste bowls are really good. I know in Hawaii they do a lot of Buddha bowls I've been seeing with the purple sweet potato and the avocado and stuff. So yeah, it's just different versions of that. So you don't keep getting sick of eating the same thing and you can try different superfoods from around the world that still have them work for your dosha, for your mind body type. Right. And speaking of doshas, we got to find out what does all that even mean? Because I myself am even very new to Ayurveda. So I guess the first question right away is like, what is Ayurveda? And how did your Ayurvedic journey first begin? Yeah, so Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system. And it is the sister science of yoga, which you're both very familiar with. Um, But it's a sister science because it's not based off of Spirituality, yoga is a spiritual practice. The word yoga means to yoke, to become one with Brahma, universal source consciousness. Whereas Ayurveda means the knowledge of life. So in order to be healthy, in order to truly practice yoga, you must balance the mind and the body and have knowledge of all areas of your life. So Ayurveda comprises of nutrition, self-care, meditative practices, even yogic practices. But the purpose of Ayurveda is for mind-body balance. It is for physical and mental well-being so you can then transcend into the soul. So that's really what Ayurveda is all about. And a lot of people who are practicing yoga are practicing yoga for Ayurvedic reasons, like they want to get more flexible, which is physical body, or they are reducing anxiety, mental body. We have different bodies. They're called koshas. We have five bodies. And any of those are related to Ayurveda. So really, they were always meant to be practiced hand in hand. And now people are coming back to it because they go to a yoga class and they feel amazing. And they want to know, how can I keep this going for the rest of my day, not just, you know, have some beef jerky and McDonald's and go on with my life after the yoga class. That's not true yoga. So that's why I discovered Ayurveda because my own health problems, I was practicing yoga, a lot of Ashtanga yoga. And from there, I was 
suffering different health problems. I went to so many different kinds of doctors and no one could figure out what the issue is. They just kept prescribing me more medication. So I had digestive issues they said were IBS. I had hormonal issues they said were hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is essentially like your body has shut down and is no longer producing hormones and we don't know why. It's something in your hypothalamus in your brain and we can't figure it out. And I had really bad anxiety and insomnia and I lost like 30 pounds and my hair fell out and I would faint all the time and I would injure all my bones and all of these issues happening when I was 21, you're supposed to be like your prime. And I knew I didn't want to live my life on birth control and IBS medication and antidepressants and progesterone supplements and all the stuff that doctors were giving me, um, but I didn't really know what to do. So I tried every kind of diet you could imagine. I became obsessed with nutrition and health, um, but I felt like what was really missing was this mind approach to it, how the mind was connected to the physical body and how when Oftentimes we have physical symptoms or manifestations of mental issues that have been occurring for long before. Again, these koshas, these layers of our bodies, illness doesn't happen all of a sudden. It happens mm. because of something you've been ignoring for a really long time. So I discovered Ayurveda and I was very interested in it because it had a personality quiz and I was all about personality quizzes and I thought it was really cool and I started diving into it. I was living in India at the time teaching health and sanitation in the slums and I decided to sign up for Ayurveda school and when I started learning about Ayurveda, it was like relearning a language that my soul had once spoken for many, many lifetimes and it really just started to come through very naturally for me and made sense but at the same time a lot of it didn't and those were the parts that were very dairy centric very green all about rice and I felt like Ayurveda really needed to be modernized for today's population for today's global environment for the staunch differences that exist between today and 5,000 year old ancient India and I was looking for a book that could do that. I couldn't find anything, couldn't really find any resources. So Spirit told me to go write one. <laughs> and I did. I didn't really realize how big of a process that would be. I was like, oh, you know, write a 50-page ebook about it. And then that turned into 100 pages, 500 pages, 1,000 pages, 2,000 pages. And then finally I was like, okay, I have so much content and I really want to get this out. And that's what prompted me to start my journey of writing Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and then Eat, Feel, Fresh. Um, but really, I think every healer goes into it first because of their own health problems. Otherwise, you know, Ayurveda is not really a sexy topic, but you need to, you need it. And now that I've healed my physical and mental bodies for the most part, of course, you're never 100% healed, but I'm able to move past these things and really question what is my purpose here and how is my dosha, my mind-body type, not only related to my health, but related to my dharma, my life purpose. And that's really something that fascinates me today. It's something that I teach and speak a lot about. That is so amazing. I don't know if you know this, but um, I'm writing a, a book with my girlfriend, Liana, called The Blood Book, all about honoring your cycle as a woman that we're cyclical. And you mentioned so many things about progesterone replacement and being on birth control. And we get so many questions from women, you know, as we're, we're starting to share this information of just working with your cycle in a more natural way. It sounds like Ayurveda could be a really good tool for women to start working with their cycles in a more natural way and avoiding um, all of this medication and things that, you know, you were recommended to, to take. Mm -hmm, totally. That's awesome. And, and I did see in your book, 
that you had a little section on um, seed cycling. Um, could you tell us just yeah. a little bit what seed cycling is? Yeah. So, you know, in ancient Ayurvedic times, Ayurveda was written by men, and they didn't really talk about periods that much. And, you know, it was almost like, especially when Hinduism came in, it's like when a woman's on her period, she can't enter the temples. And Ayurveda shifted massively from the ancient times where women and periods were very honored to this more patriarchal view where they weren't talked about. And that's kind of where India is at right now. So I really wanted to bring in the seed cycling, which is including different seeds in your diet, like flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds. And you have different seeds at different parts of your cycle to help rebalance your hormones. It is one of the things that I personally tried when I was trying to um, bring my period back. But I like to relate the period cycles even to the doshas. You could do it to the seasons, but the doshas really correlate with the seasons. So your your menstruation when you're bleeding is like kapha because you need to rest, you need to recharge, you need to ground, you need to anchor in, and that's really that earth energy, the kapha energy. And after your follicular phase is when you're, you know, trying new things and you're moving and it's the best time for cardio and that's like a vata phase. It's, it's air, it's flowing, it's wind, it's moving. And then your ovulation is like when you're full power, you're, you're in your, you're almost in your masculine, though it's not really masculine because you're in your durga, I like to call it the warrior-esque energy, and that's related to pitta, which is fire dosha. And then after, when you're starting to prepare the premenstrual cycle, um, I feel like that is shifting from the pitta into the kapha. So now it's slowing down, slowing down. So you don't, you know, when you're driving a car on a highway, you don't do full brake. You know, you slow down and prepare. And I think a lot of women, they're like, go, 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 oh, period. Okay, now stop. And it's like, no, that premenstrual week is so important to ground down. And the way that your period is that week is going to tell you, if you're experiencing cramps or whatever it is, telling you how did you treat your body this last cycle. So looking at the doshas with your cycle, I have found, and even with the goddesses too, I found very interesting. I'm like I have Amen. goosebumps right right now. I'm <laughs> I love everything you just said. And in the book, we call them inner seasons. And I love how you just co- correlated them to doshas. So speaking of doshas, could you just um, tell our listeners what are doshas in in correlation to Ayurveda, and how can you find out which dosha you are? Yeah. So the word dosha means energy, and there are three doshas. So these three energetic types exist in everything, all people, places, and things, and they're comprised of the five elements. The five elements come together to create these three doshas. So vata is air and space. I like to call it the wind. So like the wind, it's cold, dry, moving, quick, fast, unpredictable. Pitta is fire and water. So these are the most powerful elements. It's strong, fierce, motivated, driven. It has real purpose to it. I, let's just call it fire because it's mostly fire, but it also has that water element to it, too. Kapha is earth and water. I like to just call it earth, but it's grounded. It is calm. It is peaceful. It is centered. If you think of a tree, Kapha would be the root of the tree. Pitta would be the branches. And Vata would be the leaves of the tree flowing the flower of the tree as well. So they all are necessary for life, and we are all, all three of them, but in varying amounts. We're born with something called our prakriti, and prakriti means natural doshic constitution. So essentially it is your DNA. It is the set of the three doshas that your your guides wanted you to be born with to have your optimal human experience here. 
So if your dharma was to be a creative, you will be born with a lot of vata because that's air. It's ideas. It's imagination. It's thinking outside the box. In human design, it's like the projector. It's seeing that bigger picture of things. If you're born to be a leader, that will you'll be born with a lot of pitta, fire, drive, ambition. You're able to, you know, take the grit in a way that other people aren't. I know Matt, I think, is a manifester. You had told me. So that is the... Yeah. Uh, that's the pitta. That's the drive. So you're definitely pitta. Right. That's that. You got stuff done. And <laughs> then that kapha is the earth. So the earth is, you know, it's it's the center. It's the glue. It holds everything together. And these are people who really feel things. They can connect. They sense things. And these are sort of reflector type of qualities. You know, reflectors and human design need a full lunar cycle to make a decision. And I feel like kaphas are like that too because kapha is slower, but it's very deliberate. So they're not going to, you know, Vox is like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and Pitta's like, I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to stop till I get there, and Kaf is like, okay, wait, let me feel it out, okay, now I'll do it. So none are better or worse, we really need all three, um, but it's going to be, your your mental dosha is really going to be based off of how you best serve. So are you that creative, big idea branding person are you that leader managerial organized person are you that human connection feeling grounded person and that's going to help tell you what the dosha is in your mind and then your physical body will most likely reflect that Mm. that is so amazing and just listening to you describe them it's like so curious we're like you know which one resonates most and and i was listening to you i was like at first when you said the the vata one and all the ideas um that really airy feeling i was like yeah that's me but then later as you said um the kapha one i'm like oh yeah no that that's me too. And is it possible maybe that you could be both or have a little bit of multiple doshas in in you? Yeah, we're actually all, all three, but in varying amounts. So you may Mm. be Vata Kapha or Kapha Vata, lastly Pitta, and Matt may be Pitta, Vata, Kapha. You're not, we're all in combinations. Some people are really strong in one dosha and lacking in another. Some people are, it's called Sama Agni. It's, it's really all three are equal. So, and in different times of your life, you're going, you may relate to different doshas. So our property is our natural born constitution, but our Vikruti is the dosha constitution that we have today. And that may be different than what you were born with. So let's say you are working a corporate job and it's really stressful and you're on the go and you're back to back in meetings. Your pitta is going to go up because it has to. It has to sustain you. So you're going to take on those fire energies. But if you're not naturally a pitta, that's you stepping into an archetype that doesn't feel authentic to you Mm. and you're most likely going to experience the shadow sides of that which is the burnout the anger the irritation impatience frustration which is why our society is plagued with this massive pitta intolerance because so many of us are operating like pittas and we're not like pittas so like gary v for example he's like that social media marketing guy he's so pitta but you can tell he is actually pitta like he wants to be back to back in meetings and work all day like that's actually who he is mm. but a lot of people think to be successful you have to be like that so they make themselves become pittas and they're not maybe they were best serving as a more feeling kafa or an idea vata and they're not honoring that so 
your ideal health would be to bring your vikruti, your your current dosha constitution, back to your prakriti, the one that you were born with. What were the natural gifts that you were born with as a child? You know, as a kid, were you that person who was super like creative and drawing and imagining things and you had imaginary friends. Were you that Vata kid or were you that Pitta, like running around, playing sports, getting messy, surfing? Were you that Pitta kid or were you that Kapha, like, let me play house, like, let me take care of you. Let's let's take care of the animals. That's more of the Kapha kid. So looking back to how you were as a kid will really inform you to what your Dharma and what your Dosha is today. Wow. That's and amazing. and how can we tell then, as you mentioned, we might be living in a a more dosha dominant way that is not natural to us? How can you tell that there's an unbalance that's happening? And, and do you have any recommendations for how to go about balancing your doshas? Yeah, so they'll all have their own symptoms. So a vata imbalance, excess of vata is going to feel like anxiety. What is anxiety? It's being in the future. Vata can be very in the future. What's next? What's going to happen? I'm worrying, worrying, worrying. And what's happening? You're not, you're not in the present. Pitta can be very, very in the present. Right now, I want this. I don't care about what you've done for me in the past. I don't care about what could happen in the future. This is what I want right now. Kapha can be very in the past. Oh, well, we had this connection. Oh, but I can't let that go. And that is, so even from the relationships with time, the vata, anxiety, pitta, anger, irritation, frustration, kapha, depression, longing, loneliness. So what is that shadow side that keeps coming up for you? And for some people, it is all three. They can have doshic imbalances in all three, and then that would be following the tridoshic diet, which is what Eat Feel Fresh is all about, making things tridoshic. And then if there's a doshic imbalance that's more prominent, you can make those adjustments to work for that specific dosha. But you can definitely follow an Ayurvedic diet that's tridoshic if you feel like I'm just I'm anxious and angry and depressed. You can do that. Right. <laughs> so if I'm understanding correctly, like if you identify, say, an excess or a repression or suppression of one of them, you can start changing the diet to balance it out and therefore like heal these shadow symptoms? Yes. So when we say doshic imbalances, most of the time we're talking about excess. So vata imbalance, okay. imbalance, pop imbalance, we're talking about excess. The, the depletion of it can happen too. So let's say your vata is too little, well then most likely your either pitta or kapha will be too high. So you're still going to be minimizing the one that are too high while increasing the one that is too low. So for example, let's say your vata is too high. So physically that is bloating, again, air, gas, air, constipation, cold, dry, air, dry skin, dry hair, eczema, cracking, what's cracking, air. It's physical symptoms of air. So what do you need? You need more grounding. Mm -hmm. You need more warming. You need root vegetables. You need curries. You need cooked foods. You do not need frozen fruit smoothies and kale chips and granola bars and spring roll wraps and whatever else you want to have. That may work for the pitta, but it will not work for you if you're too cold. Cold foods will increase that. So, mm, and again, and with the lifestyle, too, you'll want to ground a more grounding meditation practice. 
you'll want to do things that connect you back to the earth. So walking barefoot, you know, in your meditation, focus on grounding down, not astral projecting. That's probably what the Vata wants to do. But how can I go more into the earth? Now the Pitta, they're like, okay, 10 minutes time of meditation, this is what it's going to go, blah, blah, blah. And they're bringing in that Pitta quality even to their meditation practice. And that's the opposite of what they need. So they need something that's a little bit more cooling, hydrating, restorative, not go to Bikram yoga, hot yoga. That's too much heat. Wow. That's so funny. That's so funny you say that because I always say that. Yeah, I say I need to be in the water in yin yoga or in restorative yoga. And And I love hot yoga and I have a lot of vata. And Ashley loves being in hot yoga. And I'm always like, dude, too much, too much, man. And I have a lot of kapha too. So it's good for me to move. That's really interesting. Okay. I'm loving it. Keep going. Keep going. This is amazing. You guys are really intuitive because. You know, in Ayurveda, we say a body in balance further wants to stay in balance, and a body out of balance further wants to stay out of balance. Mm. It's like a pendulum shifting in two directions. It's like someone who eats unhealthy food, you tell them intuitively eat. They're like, I want Domino's and Taco Bell. Like, that's what they want. Someone who eats really healthy, they do that, and then instantly, when they eat unhealthy, they want to go back to greens, etc. Right. So it's super important for us to listen to what our bodies want when they are in balance. So you knowing intuitively that hot yoga is too heating for you, Matt, is you seeing that your pitta is already excess and it's out of balance, whereas most imbalanced pittas will want that hot yoga. They will want to feel even more fired up and mm. sweaty and you know because that's that's what they're used to that's what they crave they want more coffee they want more spicy foods they want things that will really stimulate them because they're over your overly stimulated mm. but the fact that you want restorative cooling hydrating that's your body saying yes this is what i need to be in balance with and so for all of them if you're craving the things that bring you into balance that's a really really good sign and if you're craving the things that bring you out of balance sometimes it takes a little shift and you know it really doesn't take as long as we think to go back into balance So awesome. Your book has all the recipes for balancing your doshas. And I I love that we're getting this opportunity to talk to you so that our listeners will really know how to navigate the book. I mean, it's really clear in the book, but just this extra information on starting to look for the qualities that you might be having access in and encountering that with, with the recipes. And I love the bowls, but I do actually crave a lot of hot food. So so this is just really starting to come first full circle and I understand that. And you have so many warm dishes too in your cookbook to to balance out that excess of vata. So it's freaking amazing. Totally, yes. And I think a lot of us we feel like if I eat warm cooked foods, I'm gonna feel heavy and dull and tired and that's what we add in the spices. We add in the ginger and the cumin and the coriander, cardamom. We can use these spices also to balance our dosha. So, you know, ginger is super stimulated, increases the agni, the digestive fire, whereas fennel seeds increases digestion without being as stimulating. So if you're more pitta, you could do more fennel seeds. So you can even match the spices, which I talk about in the book, to what your dosha needs and always be changing it. So that same lentil soup 
month you have, you could actually change it throughout the year to be matching what you need in the summertime, wintertime, fall, etc. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, and for women too, as as you're saying all of this, it's just coming again more clear that as we're going through our cycle, like you said, each phase of our cycle has a different doshic quality. So maybe each phase of your cycle, you might feel inclined to to counterbalance it with with totally different foods. Totally, yes. Because again, with Ayurveda, it was created by men, so they really focus on the circadian rhythm cycles. In Ayurveda, we have the Ayurvedic times of day. Different times of day are correlated with different doshas. But I think with women, we have to take that a step further and bring in the cycles as well. Because we're not the same at 4 p.m. every single day, whereas the guy actually <laughs> is. So it's very different. Right. So I wanted to talk about one of the things that you mentioned earlier was our dharma. And we've we've mentioned this topic before in a few other uh, episodes of the podcast. But what I'm picking up on is taking almost discovering your dharma to a whole other level by incorporating Ayurveda in your doshas. So you are obviously living your dharma and you're getting great fulfillment out of obviously working with your dosha. How can we give our listeners a way to bridge that? Like how can they use their doshas to also realize their greater dharma? Yeah, so it's something I, I even have a doshas and dharma program on, I, and it's it's a lot, but where it starts is what comes naturally to you, what is easy for you, because it's really meant to be easy. We've come up with this shared story in our society that to live your purpose, it's going to be really hard, and everything's going to suck, and you must suffer, and then you'll finally... And what a horrible story is that? Like, what if it's really freaking easy? And what if it's fun the whole time? And what if it takes minimal work because you're just in alignment with who you were meant to be? What if you chose that as your story? Then everything would shift because your your reality is just going to reflect on the story that you've decided for it. So what comes easily for you? What's fun for you? What are what would you Google if you had a free afternoon to just Google whatever the hell you want? What would you Google? And just look at that first. And then with the doshas, the vata is going to be that creativity, but we need all of them. We all need to have a creative side to us. So some of us are naturally just super creative, coming up with ideas, and some of us not so much. But, you know, to be an entrepreneur especially, you need vata, pitta, kapha. Vata is the idea creation process. Pitta is the execution process. And kapha is the reevaluation process. Mm. So the vata is, I came up with this podcast. It's going to be super epic. We're going to be in Hawaii talking to these cool people. That's the idea. The execution is, okay, what does it take to create a podcast? What are the steps to go there? How am I going to get this live on the internet? A lot of people don't have the pitta, so the, it stays in the vata, it stays in the ethereal, and it doesn't manifest into earth. The manifestation must come through the fire, and that's when you have to bring up your own pitta if you don't have it, or if you have a pitta partner, you could team up with someone like that. Then the reevaluation process, the cough is something that a lot of entrepreneurs miss, and they say, oh, I got the idea, I execute, idea, execute, it's working, I'm making money, I'm doing it, go. But if you don't take that sacred pause, and you don't take that step back, then you're going to be repeating a cycle that is no longer the highest version of what you could create. Because your next best idea can only come through when you've taken a pause from what it is that you're currently doing. It is the rat race, literally. And most of us think, oh, well, if I'm an entrepreneur, I'm not in a rat race. Well, if all you're doing is doing, you still are. So the CASA is honoring yourself and your business enough to take that pause, connect to earth, really just anchor into your self-care, your body, 
what it is that you really came here here for. And then naturally through that pause, the idea will come through spontaneously without you even trying. And then you can take action on what comes through at that moment. That is incredible. I feel like you've just offered our listeners from beginning to end like a complete life strategy that they can now adopt. (laughs) Recipe for success. Yes. (laughs) So amazing. Sahara, where can our listeners, you know, find you, find your book, find this amazing course on living your dharma? How can they learn more? So you can find me on my website. It is I am saharabrose.com, Sahara like the desert, and take my dosha quiz. And in that quiz, you will be able to find out what dosha you are mentally and physically with a quick 12-question quiz. And then from there, I email you a free three-day mini course. So I highly recommend doing that. And my books are called Eat, Feel, Fresh and Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. I also post about Ayurveda and consciousness on my Instagram at I am Sahara Rose and have a podcast as well called Highest Self Podcast where I discuss all things from doshas and relationships to dharma to self-care and also a lot of other spirituality related content so feel free to head over there and shoot me a dm if you heard me on this podcast i would love to hear from you so awesome it's been such a pleasure talking to you i can't wait to reopen your book with new eyes now i feel like i got so much value out of everything you just shared and i'm probably going to be cooking something from your book tonight (laughs) absolutely uh i love that send me a picture i'd love to see it Tune in next week for our special guest, Carly Pollock, author of Feed Your Soul, for some more amazing information on how to lose weight and revolutionize your health and vitality by doing the the inner inner work. work. Yes, guys. Until then, namaste. Namaste. Namaste.